when we develop the gold standard in giving, we become the true beneficiaries. But how do we get there? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcast. We're up to the Torah portion of Truma, a portion that has within it a lot of detail related to the Mishkan, the tabernacle, and the desert, the various artifacts that were in that Mishkan, the Ark, the Aron, into which the Ten Commandments are placed, the menorah, the various altars. And at the beginning of the portion, we have the commandment toward the collection for that Mishkan. The collection that's going to have us providing the uh, precious metals and the fine materials and the various elements that are necessary for the production of those vessels and the tabernacle itself. And the commandment starts with God telling Moshe, Daber el b'nei Yisrael v'yikhuli truma. Speak to the children of Israel, v'yikhuli truma, that they shall take for me a truma. Now the term v'yikhuli, instead of ye shall give me a truma, ye shall take for me a truma, that is often referenced as a hint to the fact that we end up being the beneficiaries of that very gifting. But to better understand this and how we get there, I want to look at the first phrase, Daber el b'nei Yisrael, speak to the children of Israel. The Baal HaTurim, one of the classic commentaries, describes that this expression, Daber el b'nei Yisrael, he brings a proof text from a parallel in another verse, that this actually means a, a coaxing them to give. Uh, what he calls pius, the English word appease, or appeasing them to give, since it's not easy. You're asking them to give up from their personal assets, and as such, you must do so in a genteel, uh, you know, proper manner that's going to help them be motivated to give up some of their wealth towards the Mishkan. But the question is, as the work Otsra Satora quotes from Rav Simcha Zilsel, the altar of Kelm, one of the great Torah sages and Musar personalities of pre-war Europe, we're asking them to give up. What? Asking them to give up from their personal assets? Just where did all these personal assets come from? Our ancestors only several weeks before this were slaves in Egypt, where we owned next to nothing, and we now are enormously wealthy. Where did that wealth come from? some amazing stock maneuvers on our part, I mean, bitcoins, how did we end up going from that extreme rags to intense riches in just a short period of time? Well, there were two major handouts. Before we left Egypt, God had us go to our neighbors, and for our neighbors, we collected fine materials and precious metal vessels, and we walked out already wealthy, and then at the splitting of the sea, when our Egyptian foes are drowned, all of that which they had with them was tossed up on the seashore. And they had brought along enormous amount of material wealth. They would decorate their horses with all types of ornaments. And the text describes and in the Midrashim that there was a phenomenal amount of wealth collected over there at the sea. So basically, God had maneuvered things that we went from having nothing to having enormous wealth in a short period of time. And now he's basically asking, I'd like a little bit of it back. And it wasn't a huge amount because when it came to the actual uh, building campaign, it was call us Sherry but whatever you want to give. I'm asking you, please consider giving something. You have a lot of gold, give a little bit. You have enormous amount of silver, give a little bit of that, some copper, some, some fine materials, and a token amount, a half shekel coin, of, of a collection that's going to be several 
half shekel coins, but basically it's the equivalent of having just supplied you with a mega lottery you know, handout and now asking you for a few dollars back. What do you mean we need to be coaxed to giving it up because we feel it's ours and we're having a hard time giving up from our assets to this project? Again, as if this money has been earned on our part over a long period of time. And number two, let's look at the project. The project is something by which we benefit. This is a project for us to have the Mishkan, which will bring God more intensely into our sphere. And something which we can imagine everybody in that stage who had experienced prophecy at the splitting of the sea, they knew that there was an enormous personal gain in having God more tightly connected with them. So again, why have to encourage this gifting? Thinking about a situation where you know you have a little child in, in the house and they see you have some ice cream in the freezer and can I please, please, please have a scoop of ice cream? And come on, dinner's in a little while. No, please, please, please. It won't be such a good idea. But they beg and they beg. And okay, you know what? I'll give you a scoop. And as you give the scoop, you end up scooping out a little too much. It's like a scoop and a half. So you put it down their plate and you start cutting away a little bit from that scoop. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. You're taking my ice cream. Taking my ice cream? Where did that ice cream come from? Well, the little immature child, we can understand having that attitude. As soon as I saw it on my plate, that's mine. And if you're taking it away, you're taking my ice cream. But we'd hope a little more maturity over here. God just provided you and you can't give up a little bit of it? Well, answers are simple as this all. Yes, that's exactly how the Yetzirah, the inclination works. That he has us blinded to the fact that God gifted this to me. As soon as it registers in my account, as soon as it's in my pocket, as soon as it's in my hand, I feel it's mine and I can't let go. By the way, there are many people who suggest when it comes to the mitzvah of giving tzedakah and of tithing one's assets, it's a very good idea to have a separate account and the money gets moved into there right away because as soon as money's in my account, I have a hard time giving it up. Even if I will intellectually understand God help that money get to my account. God gave me the talent, the resources, the, the networking that helped me end up with the, the, the position that I have and the finances that come my way. But when I see that money as mine, it's so hard to let go. But if the money never made it into that account, it's much easier to give up the money once an independent account. A great, great idea. And my, my father, bless his memory, was a big advocate for that. So that it was a, a very productive tool towards people successfully fulfilling that mitzvah of tithing their assets. But over here, when we don't, we have it. We just got all these spoils. We feel their mind. We have a hard time letting go. And as he continues, we see the distinction as to the address that I'm asked to turn this money over toward. When it comes to all types of material purposes and more mundane purposes, I have an easier time connecting the dots between that benefit and my personal satisfaction, easier time transferring the money to that. When it's for spiritual benefit, got the Sahara at play again, standing in the way and blinding us as to the benefits and making it hard for us to recognize that we really can gain by using this money for our spiritual good. And there are people that will invest so much money in, uh, let's say, something as simple as books and they have a much easier time spending money. On, <laughs> books tend to be costly. You know, spend a lot of money, whether uh, monthly, whatever the, uh, their schedule is for splurging on a book here and there. And you ask them to consider buying 
an updated chumash, uh, something that has more commentary, or maybe you want to consider getting yourself a brand new siddur or something else that's going to allow you to be able to do more Jewish learning. And oh, I, I think I can borrow that one. I think I can get that from the library. You know, I think it's available online. And the same type of endeavor where they would spend money for those who are, uh, you know, this time of year, spending huge amounts of money sitting in freezing cold weather for three or four hours watching a few guys knock each other over to catch a ball. Um, you know, the amount of money that will go towards those three hours and yet trying to convince people to spend half that amount of money right, for some type of spiritual pursuit it just doesn't resonate the same way very often. So we need on both sides of the equation. Number one, to appreciate that hey, this money came my way. It's not mine, 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 mine. Thank you, God, for providing it. Here, I'll share it back with you. And at the same time, to value that what we're giving, what we're investing in, is of benefit, even if I can't measure that scientifically, but rather only through spiritual gauges. We have so much to gain, and being in tune to that, can both of those combined, can help us release some of that money, which is God's to start with, back toward the project's He's encouraging that we invest in and again, recognizing that we gain in so doing. Related to the gifting at the beginning of the Parsha, uh, we do find that there is a hint in the three types of precious metals that are given to two, three different approaches towards giving money. Um, again, that same work, Otsu Satora, quoting over from Chidushi Rabbeinu Ephraim, that the Zahav Kesef and Nachoshes, the gold silver, and copper. The Zav, Kesav, and Nechoshes, those words hint to three different natures of behaviors and attitudes on giving. Starting at the bottom one, Nechoshes, copper, the most petty of the metals. Nechoshes, he says, stands for four words. Nechoshes, Nesinas, Cholash, Omertinu. person is ill, he's in a situation of crisis, he personally is feeling the stress and the strain. He wants the merit of tzedakah, and he turns to others and says, give some tzedakah on my behalf. Nechoshes, again, Nesinas Chola, the one who is ill, is giving Sha'omer Tnu by saying to somebody else, you give. He'll motivate giving. He, real, he realizes that there's a merit in tzedakah, has a hard time, though, still giving up from himself, even though he's personally in crisis. But he at least will motivate others to give. A better level is Kesef, silver. Kesheroa sakana poseach. Kesef, those three letters. Kesheroa sakana, when he sees trouble, poseach, he opens his hand. He hasn't been free to give in general, but he recognizes this is a time of crisis, there is difficulty, and he becomes generous and he gives. The best of the three is the zahav. Gold, those three letters, zahav, ze hanosein bari. He gives even while all is well. Bari, healthy, like labriut, to health. Uh, ze this one gives even when all is good. We want to be the Zahav givers, whether we're giving gold or even if we're giving copper, we can give the copper as a gold giver and have an attitude of giving not because I'm feeling under pressure and not because I'm motivating others, which is very important too, but I'm giving because I give. And uh, that type of a giving, that gold standard of giving, is the type of giving that reflects it's not going to dress and I don't need you to be begging it out of me and manipulating it out of me. I understand the value. I understand that it's been provided and I can certainly therefore give part of it back and I understand the value in giving. And last note, uh, again, in the same work, Otsu Satora, he reflects on the fact that we should understand another element that can really 
help us, once we really absorb this message, let go a little bit easier, and that is that we're not letting go. When the Talmud describes that our, 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 our balance sheet for the year is determined in Rosh Hashanah, and what's going to be coming our way is already set in Rosh Hashanah, the terminology in the Talmud is aside from what we spend on Shabbos, that is not coming out of our budget. Whatever we spend on Shabbos, that's going to be given back to us. Whatever we spend on the holidays, less known is that it continues what we give toward our children's Jewish education. That is also given. All of those elements come back our way. Whatever we spend, we get back. And the Ritva, one of the very significant Talmudic commentators, adds not only to get the, the money for Shabbos and the holidays, but whatever we spend on mitzvahs, that's outside of our budgets. Whatever has been allotted to us, that's determined. But whatever we spend on Shabbos, on holidays, on mitzvahs, that's not being deducted. Bearing that in mind, recognize we don't lose. Recognizing that the exact opposite, not only are we not losing, we're actually gaining. We're gaining the credit. We're gaining that we've become givers, which is a godly trait. We're gaining the spiritual bounty of all the things that we invested in and that we are providing uh, this money toward. and Doing so with a zahav attitude, I'm doing so without having to be pressured and pushed and even coaxed because I simply value all of the positive that this release and turning the money back to its source can be providing, then we can be ultimately beneficiaries of the yikhuli truma. We can be the ones who end up taking through this giving. In so doing, it just continues because the more we give, the more God is, number one, not deducting, but then seeing us as good sources of, you know, we're using the money the right way. And he sees, hey, it's, it's worth doling more out that way. Continue to use that for more and more merit and continue growing to be the type of people who will be that much more likely to achieve our tachlis.